Welcome to SMSF, mate. Our general advice warning. We are required to warn you that any advice has been prepared without taking into account your objectives, financial situations or needs. And because of that, you should, before acting on any advice, consider the appropriateness of the advice having regard to your own objectives, financial services and needs. Where the advice relates to the acquisition or possible acquisition of a particular financial product, you should obtain a product disclosure statement relating to that product and consider the PDS before making any decision about whether to acquire the product. Welcome back to SMSF Mates podcast. Uh, today we're talking about tax saving uh, and superannuation opportunities for the end of the financial year. Oh. Sounds like a oh, really boring Garrett, topic. Garrett's <laughs> all over this. Uh, no. Insert uh, disclaimer here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose I'll run through what I do. Um, and I do have a tax hat as well, but take notes, everyone. Um, I I take the view there's the, probably the biggest advantage um, people have got, regardless of what type of super fund, whether it's self managed retail industry, um, you you can put extra money into super, and a lot of people have got excess amounts they can put in there because you got this provision for catch up. So if you haven't used up your full threshold in the last two years, which might have been twenty five and now twenty seven and a half thousand you can actually do an extra amount in a super per person um to top up your super it's tax deductible so obviously whatever your tax rate is um in your own rate it's going to probably be higher than the 15 percent you're paying super um and you'll get a bigger tax refund as a result of it and you know you're not spending money on a on a car or a computer or something to reduce your tax bill that's going to go down in value you put your money in super which hopefully should go up the biggest thing i do is me and my wife would typically sit down and go through what money we've got available potentially um, to do that. But we go through it in, in a pragmatic way of going, well, is there stuff around the house that needs to be done? Is there a holiday once COVID's done that we yeah. can go what, what to? What are those? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. is, there, is there something you know we need to have money aside for um, medically or something like that? And then we go, what's left? Let's put that yeah, in the Because the, the difficult thing is getting it back. Yeah. It's not it, like you've loaned accessibility. it. <laughs> you know, like you 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 use that twenty five grand. It's 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 gone till you retire. Yep. And I've got longer than you guys, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um but that that's the that's the thought process, right? Because mm. it makes financial sense to probably put in a super because of the tax saving and, and the advantage of, you know, the money being earned in super is gonna be and um, let's say you make five percent whatever you choose to invest in, it's only taxed at 15% in super versus whatever your tax rate is in your own name. So it makes sense to do your investing in super. It is also likely, if the laws still provide it, um, could be tax-free in retirement. Um, that's what the current rules allow you to do if you sell the asset and you've got less than $1.6 million, which most, most people will do. do. Yep. Um, that's the advantage. But very good point they get. Once it's in, it ain't coming back out. So... Um, I would always go through that process. So, you know, you think about how much money you need in your offset for peace of mind, um, how much money do you need for renovations, holidays, other costs, and whatever's left over probably should go into super. It's a juggling out between cash flow and tax saving, right? So yeah. if, it, if you look at it simply at 47 cents in the dollar, if you're putting some money into super um, and you're paying 15 cents on that contribution in, it's 32 cents in the dollar Straight saving. Up, which right? is 32%. Return. <laughs> yeah, return. Only, but if you're one of those people at 47 or 49%, of the but, earn, two. but you earn more than 250 then you're going to pay, pay 30% yeah. in super. So you're only going to uh, save... 17. Seven is, but it's still $0.17. Cents. But what, 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 you know, relatively low risk um, 
you know, stock is doing 17% per annum. Then that's what you, you know, that's, like, that's what it's you just a no-brainer, right? Correct. It, it, well, it is from a, a return and a tax saving perspective, but it's also cash flow management yeah, to Ashley's yeah. point. Once but I that money's in there, you won't get it. So if you can afford to forego the cash flow, um, and yes. let's think your concessional contribution limits are the deductible amount, of which that's applicable to, is still only now 27500 Yeah, so You can so use the catch-up amount from the previous years, right? So some, that, yeah. And what, what we sort of – where it's typically used um, is let's say someone's had a capital gain in their own personal name and let's say you made an extra $50,000 in an investment – you want to reduce that down. You get the fifty percent discount right. if you had it for a year. So you got tax on twenty five thousand dollars. You put twenty five grand in a super if you've got yeah. the cap available to you, and you don't pay any extra tax. Right. But you physically got the extra cash, right? So you made fifty thousand yeah. dollars. So you should have that profit in in your cash. You only have to put half of it away, pay no extra tax bill. So it's important to remember though that 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 total contribution limit though is. Um, in, entirety whether it's yeah, you're contributing yeah. or whether your employer is contributing it it's a combination of both so self-employed people that don't have any contributions being made it's your limit is what you put in if you're self if you're not self-employed then you're, you're 10 percent of yeah. your wages so, so just for like in you know um real life example you get someone with a two hundred thousand dollar salary plus using, super so yeah. you're paying maybe 20 grand 20 grand super and then the limit is twenty five thousand, or was, yep. or now so, twenty seven. So they get the five from the previous years they haven't used, so it might be ten grand plus the seven and a half they haven't used this yeah. year. Yeah, so it's not another twenty five. No. So, no. but what a lot of people um, don't know is you can access now that we've all got MyGov um, accounts because we need it for our certificates um, <laughs> uh, to get around. You can access your MyGov account and actually give you a running total of what your carry forward balance is. Right. Or you can ask your accountant. Or you could ask your super fund to run the report on your TFN and it'll actually show you what tax you've got. file number. Yeah, your tax file number and it'll shoot out what that number is. So um, I've done it for a few clients where they've asked, how much can I put in super? We just go onto the Australian tax portal. We can yeah, print right. off the amount and they go, oh, I can put $50,000 extra in super. And it's giving you a running balance. So do that before you put the extra money in there. Um, if you do go over um, your limit, the penalty now is not the highest tax rate. It's what your tax would have been in your own personal name. Right. And you also potentially have the ability to get it back depending from your fund, but most likely you just pay the top-up tax. So I think the uh, where we started some of that conversation, it's around um, it can be useful for tax planning in, in what you're yeah. doing with clients, right, Ashwin? Yep. Um, you know, before that 30 June, because it's done on a financial year, that, so it's right. 1 July to 30 June each year that you've got that limit to make. And you have to make it by the, – the the cash has to depart your bank account before well, 30 no, it has June. It has to be received. I received. So this is an important little catch-all. Yeah, some people try and do it 30 June, um, and now it's a contribution for next year. The good thing now with that rollover provision um, is – and we've had it. I was looking at one that happened last week. A client accidentally transferred the money on the 30th of June. Mm. Only hit his fund on the 1st of July or the 2nd of July because it fell on a weekend. We can claim the deduction next year. Yeah, so I think it's a really important point because I've been caught in this this little situation before. Typical self-employed um, uh, a company has a, a BAS, you know, a business activity statement that goes quarters. So you go July, August, September. You're the accountant then does their bit usually in the month after and then the super payment gets usually made for that quarter a month later. So what typically happens is if you're not on top of the time frame, 
the the last financial you know quarter of the year April May June the super actually gets paid in July yep. so what Ashman's saying is that well that's actually technically next year so if you want it you need to make sure that you've had twenty five thousand dollars of cash received by your super fund in the financial year yeah but going back to Sonny's point if you're going through those quarters you probably used a fair chunk of your twenty five potentially over the year so it's always important to probably see your account in May that's when we normally would do our May. tax planning because it's a good idea you can guess what left in May and what's June going to be yeah. income and you can estimate it's it. It's not going to be in July. Self-employed. But if you're employed and you're just a pay-as-you-go person, run the MyGov report, sit down with your, your partner and, and maybe have them in okay. with the tax account if you're not sure. But otherwise, you know, run through the numbers. You can talk to your super fund and get the advice from them as well. Without opening a can of worms, it's not just limited to the concessional contributions though, right? So you put extra money, yeah. There's, there's additional non-concessional contributions. So that's after-tax money that you're putting into super for you don't get a tax deduction. Um, there's certain limits and availability to do that each year. Right. Um, for some taxpayers, there's the option to bring forward some of those amounts. Um, we won't go into the detail now, but um, if it's applicable, you know, I'd always encourage people to go and take advice from their accountant or financial advisor. But there's there's other considerations as well. Prior year, there's changeovers of birthday, um, hitting retirement ages. Um, switching accounts to um, pension to the tax-free yep. status that Ashwin talked about up to the 1.6 limited balance. Um, so there's particular considerations around timing of contributions, restructuring of accounts based on age, um, around particularly around self-managed super funds that you need to consider each financial year. Right. So you know if we go through a checklist, it's concessional contributions, it's non-concessional contributions, it's change in. Um, accumulation or pension account structures due to age. There's options for rollover relief for business sales, you know, um, pre-30th of June for yes. particular transactions. Um, so it's so definitely worth asking the question, right? Definitely worth yeah. asking the question um, with some pre-planning. So yep. don't lob up and ask no. a question on the 29th of June. Because um, uh, no account, we don't reply on one day anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, you, you want to have a structure around it. Uh, and some people do that extra salary sacrifice throughout the year so they meet their 25 or their extra amount. So you can do it at any point, um, but it all depends on your situation. So I, I would encourage you, like Sonny said, talk to your advisor, whether it's an accountant or financial planner, to have a plan around it. But effectively, it's good to take a holistic view. And my, my personal experience is I go through our family first then what's extra we go in there. But there has been times when I put too much into super and it's affected personal decisions um, when it comes to buying a house or other stuff because we put right. too much in yeah, there. Yeah, right. So we've learned from that. Because you're effectively lowering your income, right? Yeah, you're lowering your income. Um, so, so you've got important. a tax saving. It's really great from a tax head, but then maybe... You but you want to borrow some money to buy a house. Exactly. Effectively, you've reduced yep. your borrowing capacity. So, so have, that's the important Have a big discussion about your future goals, right? So once you've got the forever house or you know, you've got the equity and everything else, then maybe it makes sense to start right. doing it. But you also be mindful, and I, I find that catch up with, with me and my wife and we, we actually sit down and do it. It, fo it focuses us to look at it as a family, so we own the decision that we make yeah. um, from it. And then it's not your fault. Oh, that's, all, that's also <laughs> yeah, part yeah. of it, right? Uh, Remember on the 13th of June in 1952, <laughs> yeah. I asked you. <laughs> and, and to be honest, my experience as, as an accountant, you, you do seek a lot of potential relationships break down because they're not open about money. Mm. Um, and by having that um, conversation, you, you, you diffuse the um, issue. Well, how come we got so much in super? I need the money for this holiday. Well, 
you were there in May, right, when we talked about <laughs> this and we put it away. The, the minutes happened. of the meeting. <laughs> it's a lot easier to have that accountability, whether it's uh, your wife or an employee or whatever it is, you have that discussion. So talking about it helps. You married yet, Tim? Smart man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One day. This is, this is what they don't tell you. <laughs> You're required to have a, an agenda. We're, we're, uh, we're venturing into life coaching territory. We here. are. I like it. That's uh, just... Yeah, it's not going to go that part. <laughs> I'll bring it back to some numbers for a second. Um, so I'll see if I can get this right. If you contributed $27,500, then if your tax amount um, was high enough and you're at the top marginal rate, um, it would be a tax saving and therefore a cash flow saving of 12925 Amazing. Is that, um, is that assuming the 15% or 30%? That's assuming 15%, yep. right? So you've saved 12925 so you're left with um, fourteen thousand five hundred seventy-five in super. Um, so you've saved the twelve. You still have the fourteen. Yeah. But you've parted with the money now. Yes. So you've. So if you've had to sacrifice a holiday that you desperately needed, and you're not happy about that decision, yep. then that's a consideration. But if you if you were then investing twenty-five thousand in your individual name for the long term then you really probably should have considered putting it in your super fund. And, and that's where I think it's just a talk, right? So if you've put the extra 25 grand consciously because you're going to buy a new house or that's for peace of mind or so you can sleep better at night, that makes sense. Mm. As soon as it's um, starting to go that you've almost paid off your house but you've got no, next to nothing in super, you probably got the balance wrong, tax. right? And, mm. then, and the catch-up period's gone. And the real key thing with super is the earlier you get the money in, the more time it's got to work before you retire. So when people have that discussion of trying to catch up when the kids move out of home and you're in your mid-50s, you've got a 10-year window maybe for that money to work for you. But if you made that hard yards when you were in your 30s to your 45, you know what you can do from 45 onwards? You can enjoy the money, you can spend it, and because your super's growing with you. So I think everyone forgets the length time the money can sit in super in a lower tax period uh, tax environment and it can grow that that's the that's a real kicker assuming the um it's gonna make a deep huck joke global uh, financial <laughs> crisis version two doesn't happen and you know well, the world no, ends it, it, and, it will happen right you know. but it's in the super and it should grow right if, if, if that crash happens and it's in your personal name you're more likely i think psychologically to react in a way, instead of taking the long-term yeah. view of what that investment is. So super forces you to go, well, it forces me personally when I see it and go, okay, that's tanked, can't do anything about it because I've got to wait till 65 and magically in five years it might come back. So so the summary point that you're making is plan to not need that money because you really can't get it back once it goes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but have the conversation around what, the opportunities you have with that money is because I think that's that's yeah. the key part, right? If there's a plan around the money, it doesn't matter ultimately in my head what you do with it because you've talked about it. So you've made the conscious decision, I'm saving extra money because I want to have $100,000 in my offset account so I can sleep at night. If that's a goal within the family, well, that makes sense that to makes try and sense. achieve that um, within reason, right? But if you try and pay off your house and the whole time your super's only got 50 grand in it, that's... Maybe you should have aimed to do it, but maybe your goal is so focused on paying off your house, that's what's going to give you freedom. But then if you sat down with an advisor, 
statement of advice will likely take a whole view and go, well, yeah, you might pay off your house and you might be saving 2.5% in interest or 3% in interest or 4%, but you gave up 15% cash return on putting the extra money in your super and it would have potentially grown to a higher value. So when you see that in a statement of advice piece and you go, Rejection. And you go oh, I've actually left half a million dollars on the table by focusing solely on tunnel yeah. vision. So Cash flow. So my comment um, before was an important one for self-managed super fund trustees. We'll do a podcast um, on it specifically, but there's particular rules and regulations and requirements that trustees must adhere to when managing their own self-managed super fund. Right. So, um, you know, to where this is a relevance for this conversation is example where um, you might make those contributions to super. Because that money is in a bank account that you might control as a self-managed super fund trustee, it's important to remember that they're your funds but they're not, you can't access them until you yeah, meet you certain can't conditions. transfer them yeah. willy-nilly, right? Conditions exactly. of release, um, you know, there's you know, special requirements under hardship if you need to, but once they're in that self-managed super fund, that's where they are um, until you meet a condition of release to get access to them. Yeah. So even though in my online banking I have my SMSF cash account that in theory I can transfer cash from any account that I feel like pay off my credit card with, the law says I'm not allowed to do that. You've got to meet a condition of release, just like a normal. So it's an important fund. point. Yep. And um, we always advise clients if you're going to take money out, good to have a meeting because you need to create pension documents. If it's a pension or if it's hardship, you need to go through all the processes to be approved. So just like if you were a part of an industry or managed fund, you have to call your advisor and go, can I access my money? And But my that. internet banking is just hit the button, go, done. Yep. Correct. And chances are if you do breach the rules in a significant way, the advice will probably be um, from the ATO and other places might be to close the fund down, wind it up, and there might be penalties and fees as a result of so what potentially very you've dangerous. Done if you can't fix it up. Is it as simple as transfer out, transfer back in? <coughs> no. So no. Yeah. So ooh, oops, I'll just put it back. Like accidents do happen and there is provisions for the auditors and, and the compliance of the fund to, to talk about, but I'm sure we'll have a separate podcast to discuss it. But it's really important when a mistake is made to engage all the advisors properly and how to rectify it because likely you'd have to work out what would that money have made in super for that period of time that you've taken it out or recognise the breach. You've recognised the breach. Penalty tax might be at 47% because you've made a real big mistake there. The interest charge or the earnings that should have been charged will be taxed and you need to meet that back into your super. So it's a proper process to make sure the super fund is rectified to where it should be but if the breach is so severe that it's occurred regularly or it's significant then you're going to have to engage a lot higher process to try and rectify it so so be be careful yeah well you're the trustee so you've got to take those responsibilities seriously when you're managing your accounts not to uh, use it as a, um, a scare tactic but it's it's really important to get that right mm. um if you break rules, laws, regulations, worst-case scenario, you could lose the complying status of your self-managed super fund, yep. which means now you are no longer taxed at 15%, but taxed at marginal rates. Yep. So if you had, right. a, for ex- argument's sake, a million dollars in super and you lost the complying status of that fund, um, that now may be taxed at higher rates than what it was being taxed at previously. Yeah, yep, really important. And we always stress the 
self-managed uh, fund is those first two words, self-managed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not advisor uh, managed, it's not accountant advisors, it's self-managed. And I think that's really important, you know, like in my personal relationship, I do most of the banking. So, but it doesn't stop anyone logging into our bank account and seeing money in certain accounts. So I think that's the important thing is to make sure anyone who has access to your banking knows that that money is a totally different entity, <laughs> you know, can't be touched, I, don't, don't be transferring money out of it. I personally have taken mm. the view that the self-managed super fund transaction account is in a separate bank to my normal banking. That so seems a smart, logical just thing to, avoid to do. the accidental payment mm. that can happen, which clients can rectify, but you pay a bill out of the account. Yeah, by simple accident. Yeah, it's yeah. E- easy to do, and that's the most common sort of mistake that happens. But if it's in a separate bank account, I'm less likely to make a transfer. Because you've got to log in and think. Yeah. Yeah. Good advice. Ashwin, based on uh, one of your earlier comments, I think you, uh, you've long known my view and tongue-in-cheek comment that although from a regulation point of view, um, I completely agree with um, you know the onus falling on the self-managed super fund trustee to manage the fund, um, I've had a long-held view that no self-managed super fund should be self-managed. <laughs> no, right. You know, um, there should, you should or trustees should get advice, whether yep. that's from an accountant or a financial advisor or, you know, counterparts and peers. Um, ag- again, expertise and objectivity are, are two different things sometimes. And even that in itself, like a lot of people, I think, who have self-managed super funds kind of think that they don't need an advisor as well. Whereas you can have absolutely have an advisor help you manage your self-managed super fund. I, I yes. would strongly advise you do because you still going to have those life events mm. that we've talked in a previous podcast. You know, there could be inheritance, there could be passing, there could be divorce, there could be change of circumstances or change of investment strategy. Are you really equipped to make those decisions? And if you're not comfortable doing it or you don't feel like you have the knowledge, that's when you do need to see an advisor um, to get that. There's also a misconception out there. I've, I've heard people say that they... They didn't think they could engage an advisor yeah. because they have a self-managed super yeah, fund. Yeah. So they felt like they had to go it all alone, yep. even without having maybe the expertise or experience. Certainly not the case. Yep. Thank you for joining us once again. If you're interested in our waffle about self-managed super funds, feel free to join us on smsfmate.com.au or search SMSFMate in Spotify.